me know. Well, I'm thrilled to be joined by someone on the line now who's not too shy. Uh, Chris Ann McGalligan joins us for her weekly audio column. And uh, Chris, this today we're talking about something to do with singing, yes? Yes, we're talking about karaoke. Karaoke. Um, karaoke. Are you a karaoke person, Karen? Uh, I am definitely not. I think I've probably <laughs> literally done it three times in my life. And the first, all three times was extremely embarrassing. It's really not my thing. <laughs> yeah. What about see, you? See, this is the thing. No, see, look, I'm, I'm not, I'm not totally shy about singing. I, I sing in the car very loudly by myself. Me too. Um, you know, I, I had one of those, um, one of those Xbox games ages ago where you'd sing and then score if you hit the notes, but it doesn't really sound very good. And I kind of enjoyed that. But in terms of actual karaoke, karaoke, I think I can remember doing it once. Oh, once, <laughs> once is not just once. much. <laughs> no, no. And, and I, 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 I want to know why I have a problem with it because, um, Obviously, with this latest wave of uh, COVID here in Hong Kong and everything having to kind of shut down again, um, and we're all socially distancing again. And it's funny because when you know when when the sort of places that are listed out that we're avoiding now, like gyms, cinemas, karaoke bars, it's always a very specific thing. That, that is true. A karaoke bar, you yes. know. And I kind of thought, like, why are they singling out karaoke bars? You know, mm. like what? Is, but I'm like, of course, I can imagine it's not a great place to. A great place to go. It makes sense. You're probably aspirating all over the place. Exactly. You're your heart out. But at the same time, I was like, well, why is it? Why does it have to be such a specific thing that as, we're saying? You know, as opposed to just bars, right? Exactly. It's just bars, or you know, anywhere that you're gathering. Like, uh, but of course, it's because it is a specific thing, and people are crazy about it. People love it. Yeah. And um, and they love it here in Hong Kong, and they love it in other parts of the world as well. Um, but I just, I just wanted to know a little bit more about it. And when I started, um, started looking into it, um, of course, it's really hard to imagine. But there was once upon a time when karaoke didn't exist. No way. Right? It had to be created. <laughs> <laughs> it had to be created. Um, so anyway, so before we get into a little bit of the history of um, karaoke, oh no, we can start with the history okay. of karaoke. Let's set it up right. that way. Um, basically, um, we've always had sing-alongs and we've always had piano men and, you know, gathering around to sing together, but that's not the same as karaoke, right? It's not the same doing, like being in a choir is not the same as karaoke. Right. Um, so what is it that there's this idea of, you know, and of course there's always people have always been making fools of themselves and they've had too much to drink. That's yes. also a trend that we've always had. <laughs> but this particular combination of singing publicly or privately as opposed to some, but it's that idea of the, the karaoke bar and the machine, the mm. specific karaoke machine, right? Yeah. Uh, and that had a very, very particular and discreet moment of creation. And then it just blasted off and out into the universe and it's everywhere. Right. But yes. so but the interesting thing is, um, who who created it? Who had well, that initial amazing innovative idea? It, it was Japanese, right? Is it, it was Japanese, Japanese invention? Yes. Yeah. yes. Yeah, so the inventor of karaoke is actually a man called Daisuku Inui, who was born in a small Japanese town in 1940. And he was a drummer, um, which uh, hmm. meant that he um, didn't really make any money. Um, so he ended up returning home pretty much penniless to live with his parents by the time he was 28. So he didn't start life as a particularly in inventive or ambitious guy. Um, and then he just started playing the keyboard in this um, 
in like little snack bars in his kind of town, right? He just kind of started playing the piano in the corner. And that's where the story of karaoke really begins. Um, so basically, what happened is one day, um, the president of a small company came to the club where he was playing the piano and asked for a favor. He said that he was meeting business clients in another town, um, and they knew um, and they knew they would all end up sort of drinking somewhere and that he would be asked to sing. Like the president of this company is like, I know these people, these clients are going to ask me to sing. I'm not oh. quite sure why, but they, he felt like they would. And he said to this, um, to this guy, Daisuku, he said, your keyboard playing is the only music that I can actually sing to. Um, so, um, you know exactly, you know, my voice and you know what it needs to sound good. So what he did is he then, um, he actually then went and, uh, recorded, recorded some songs, um, that he was playing and put it on a tape and gave it to this, uh, company, this businessman. Oh. And he came back a few days later and was really happy and said, could you record some more songs, please? Um, and then and then he had this idea. He said, what if you could put money into a machine with a microphone, a speaker, and an amplifier, and it would play the music that people wanted to sing? He kind of had this brainwave for, I could automate this entire process. Right. Like a jukebox um, without the yeah, singing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and he'd already, um, apparently, this is this guy, he, I mean, this poor guy, Daisuke, he really didn't start life as kind of a, a very high achiever. He'd already attended a kind of uh, engineering, electrical engineering school, college, but um, so he could technically, should have been able to build the machine himself, but he was scared of electricity. He was scared of electricity? <laughs> he what? was scared of electricity. So he graduated without really very much ability to actually do the work, only kind of thinking about it. So he, he met a guy who had an electronic shop. He took the idea to him, um, and then they built these 11 Duke 8s. That's what they called them, these little machines, the Duke 8s machines. Okay. And each machine had an amplifier, a microphone, a coin box, and an 8-track car stereo. So it's a pretty basic thing. Um, but it wasn't super cheap either. Putting the machines together took about two months per machine, and each unit cost around 425 US dollars, which again mm. is, is not cheap, no. really, right? No. Um, and so this was in um, this was in 1969, but the machines didn't actually hit the market until 1971 because at first people weren't all that interested. Um, you know, I guess you could have thought like, "What's the? Why can't I just sing along to the radio? Like, right. What's a ridiculous concept?" But when they figured out how they worked, they took off big time. Mm. And so suddenly there were club owners wanting to open clubs with this in Osaka, and they took these little Duke 8 machines and put them into their clubs, and before long they were selling them all over Japan. They he says they made 25,000 units in the first couple of years, and after that, they, they kind of started improving the design. Um, they went, they got uh, taken out to Tokyo, and of course, uh, soon, you know, around the world. Around the world, yeah. So it was kind of like, so for, it was kind of from the early um, early 70s this was happening. But he's not the brightest spark, this poor guy, Daisuke, because he didn't take out a patent on the karaoke oh, machine. Oh, no, you're kidding. Um, yeah, he didn't take out a patent. He could not have imagined it becoming the global phenomenon that it became. So he never struck it like Silicon Valley rich, oh. but he did make some money in the business over the years. Um, but then the funny thing is, for someone who created this like quite, kitschy, clever, exciting, kind of energetic thing, he sunk into a really, really big depression um, because he said that his company became a very dependable but boring success in his oh. own words. <laughs> yeah, he said, I had I had everything going for me but nothing to do. That <laughs> so, is so funny. Um, 
Yeah, and so he said he really, so he went on to invent a couple of other things. He invented a cockroach killing machine, um, but he ended up just like living on the top of a mountain um, by himself. And he says that he does. Um, he has grandchildren, and then about once a week he'll take out the karaoke books and have a contest to sing who can sing the most. Uh, songs before going hoarse in their throats and stuff like that. So he's like, he does have a, a sense of affection towards the art form of karaoke. Maybe he's just too much of a genius. He's just like beyond, you know, this this earth and material world. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But he gave this gift to the world and he didn't really reap the benefits of it. And what's really interesting is where the word karaoke comes from, mm. because I think we just think of it as karaoke, mm-hmm. right? But actually, it's a very specific word. And it comes from, um, it, it, what happened was there was um, a Japanese entertaining group got one of these Duke 8 machines to play orchestral music after the musicians in an orchestra went on strike. So they put the, the machine in the orchestra pit and it said that someone from an electronics company, they looked down into the pit and said in Japanese, which obviously I don't speak, but they basically said the music is playing, but the orchestra pit is empty. Mm-hmm. And the phrase empty orchestra is kara okita sutura in Japanese, which was shortened to the form karaoke. So it means empty orchestra. Empty orchestra. That's interesting. I thought it it meant empty voice, but I guess empty orchestra makes more sense. Yeah, but maybe, I don't know. Again, I'm not not a um, technologist, but, (laughs) um, but yeah. That's the, that's the the urban legend about how it came to, to came to become its name, um, but it is uh, hugely and um, crazily popular. And of course, um, apparently in Japan, uh, according to the Japanese visitor center, there are more than a hundred thousand karaoke boxes in Japan. Wow, that's a lot. But of course, like of course, now the concept of karaoke with all the technology we have, you don't really need a karaoke box, do you? You just need a microphone and a and a you know screen with some captioned lyrics it's it's pretty easy um but you know once upon a time it was a proper invention this sort of karaoke box um and i find it really funny because i was thinking you sort of um you were asking me earlier today what my favorite karaoke song is and i'm like i can only remember ever singing one one time i did karaoke publicly and it was definitely a journey song it probably would it, don't stop believing. Probably, because that, you know, that, see, there do seem to be certain songs that are just karaoke favorites, right? That people yes. always sing. May, maybe because they're easier to sing or easier to sing than others? Yeah. Yeah, it, it might be. Apparently, the most requested karaoke songs depend on who you ask and where you are. But reportedly, the top five of all time include, but are not limited to, Summer Nights from Greece. Uh huh. Yes. Um, Let It Go by Adina Menzel from Frozen. Oh, no. <laughs> um, which I think is, you know, that's obviously a recent, yes. a recent edition. And probably um, not advisable Caroline. unless you're an no, opera singer no, or something. Not, yeah, yeah. Not, not, not for a no, it's not a novice song, Karen, okay? It's not a novice song. Um, Sweet Caroline by Neil Diamond. Okay. We can all sing that. We uh, sing that every yes, year at the Rugby Sessions. Everyone can. <laughs> uh, Bohemian Rhapsody oh, by Queen, oh, which I guess makes sense, yeah. right? You mm-hmm. know, because that's, you know. Um, and then uh, Billie Jean by Michael Jackson, I, which I what? wouldn't have expected. I think that might have been one of the songs I've actually attempted to sing. <laughs> <laughs> and the hard part is you don't know what the lyrics, well, you do know what the lyrics are because they're on the screen, but, you know, it's not one of those songs where the iric- lyrics are easy to remember. No, but I also can't imagine it being a particularly easy song to sing for most people no. either. But anyway, 
It's not. Each to their own. Um, apparently, uh, Sinatra's song. Oh, wait, so before that, so apparently the Philippines holds the title for the most in-home karaoke boxes, with reportedly almost one in every home. Wow. Like, it's really, really popular there. <laughs> um, and, and Frank Sinatra's famous My Way was actually prohibited in many bars in the Philippines because the lyrics, which were considered to be arrogant, have provoked attacks on its singers. Seriously? <laughs> apparently, like, culturally, it's too egotistical a song to to sing out loud. Um that's but so obviously, uh, th- those aren't the only countries that absolutely love karaoke. In um, in uh, China, there are definitely far more than 100,000 karaoke bars. Mm-hmm. Um, in Hong Kong, I'm not how sure how many we have, but we have a hell of a lot, that's for sure. Um, but there's a couple of amazing records that people have about karaoke. So um, one is the Guinness World Record for the longest karaoke marathon by an individual. It lasted 101 hours. 59 minutes and 15 seconds. And the singer was Leonardo Polverelli from Pissarro in Italy. Oh my <laughs> goodness. Yeah. He sang, he sang, apparently during the event, he sang a total of 1,295 songs. Wow. I don't even okay. think I, I don't know that many songs. No. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, um, and another amazing thing I found was, you know, that like super old fashioned karaoke, maybe you don't see it anymore, or maybe you do. As I said, I haven't set foot in a karaoke bar in my adult life, mm-hmm. but um, that, you know, those videos that come up when you're singing karaoke that have like nothing to do with the song. Yes, yes. It'll be like to a woman and a man, like walking through a garden exactly. or something. Like, it has nothing Holding to do with the on song. The beach, right? Yeah. It could be anything, which I actually found more interesting than the karaoke songs, to be completely honest, the one time I did it. Apparently, those um, in sort of the um, 80s and 90s doing uh, karaoke videos, like quite interesting kind of semi, like quasi music videos for karaoke songs was like a really big thing in the US for kind of up and coming directors as kind of a way to to, to get your work out there to the masses. To enter the uh, music video industry or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, some of that. So it's kind of amazing that, like, you know, but then of course they just, they just became kind of stock footage because obviously it was cheaper and easier than having to hire someone to create nonsensical songs, uh, videos for That's a whole hilarious. load of popular songs. Um, but there's apparently, there's a lot of reasons why, um, people think that, um, you know, the interesting thing about karaoke is I feel like, you don't have to be good at it to be someone who enjoys it. In fact, yes. you can go out with a group of people and the people who are absolutely terrible at singing will be having way more fun and you won't judge them for it. Right. You, know, you exactly. won't be thinking, they have a terrible, you'll actually feel like, I wish I had that kind of confidence. Yeah. I guess there's a different, the person singing. there's a different set of ground rules in karaoke where skill has nothing to do with it. You just have to have enthusiasm. Yeah, exactly. It's just enthusiasm. Um, but they, there's some researchers, um, have confirmed why um, they, they people have been really fascinated with karaoke and researchers have looked into this a little bit and they wanted to know um, whether terrible singers know that they sing poorly or that they do know that they sing poorly, but they still hog the stage with little regard for the audience, right? So they're trying to look into this phenomenon of people who are singing terribly, but continue to do so, right? Mm-hmm. So, 
Apparently, um, this one psychologist um, from Warsaw's University of Finance and Management, which seems like a strange university to look into it, but that's cool. Um, he and his team asked 40 volunteers to belt out a cappella familiar songs. Um, so that's things like um, Jingle Bells or, you know, it was in Warsaw, so the Polish version of Happy Birthday, you okay. know, kind of songs that everyone would know. Yeah. And after a number of acoustic tests, the researchers discovered that most of the singers who couldn't follow a song's pitch and timing fell into the first of two phenotypes. One, they were tone deaf yet blissfully unaware oh. of it. <laughs> Right. But two, the remainder of the poor singers had no trouble judging a proper note, yet they were unable to hit it themselves and they knew it. So they, they were like, I can't sing this. So the first people, group of people were very two very distinctive groups. One group who cannot sing, sing. a note, but really don't don't even seem aware that they're not <laughs> singing the note. And the other the other group who were like, oh, I definitely didn't hit that note. That, that was not the note from the song. But a more su surprising revelation was that actually most people can sing. Oh. So, so in an earlier experiment, um, the researchers staged a birthday bet to get 42 people in a public park to uh, to kind of sing along to this sort of birthday tune, like a famous Montreal birthday tune, which is where they were, to one of the researchers. Four, so out of the 42 people that they tried to ask to do this, just passers by, 40 of them managed to sing on tune and on time, suggesting that singing is actually a universal human trait. Interesting. So it's kind of like one of those things that apparently we should all, oh. most of us are probably kind of capable of singing. We just right. don't have the confidence and the passion for karaoke. So the people who are tone deaf who really can't sing are really very small in number. They're a minority. Yeah. So hmm. people who are really, well, it's also, it's just that people who cannot actually sing a single note in tune and in time hmm. is a very, very small number. Um, others might not be fantastic at it, but they were saying that there is also a group of people who cannot sing, but do not recognize that they cannot sing. Okay. So that's quite interesting, which I guess makes sense. But yeah. I do think it's quite an incredible thing, um, karaoke. And I think, um, I wish I was someone that could do it because Chris, I, I, I don't you, have self-conscious in some way. <laughs> You probably are someone who can do it. So now that we're you yes, know staying yeah, home the again, science is there. You the science is there, Karen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You should go practice. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? I mean, it's. I mean, obviously, I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't be promoting karaoke in these times of social distancing and facial coverings. But singing karaoke has been proven to relieve stress boost confidence and strengthen social connections, which are all obviously ways to live a happier, longer life. So that's good to know. Yeah, And you know what? Um, you don't have to go out to sing karaoke anymore because now there are all these apps you can download on your phone. Like there's one called Smool. There's one called Sing. There's one based on the voice, the, the TV show. And you can actually wow. do it socially with your friends. I, I know this not because I did it, but I've seen, <laughs> I've seen and heard recordings of other people who've done it. So you can actually um, socially connect with people singing through the same app and you can sing the same song together. Oh, that's so exciting. I will pretend that I'll try it, but probably recommend it to others instead. <laughs> I'm too self-conscious. You know, interestingly, though, is that people are so obsessed with, you know, there's always trends and people obsessed with our well-being and other things to keep us happy and healthy and everything else. Um, apparently, there are some programs, like you just mentioned, who will tell you how many um, calories you've burned during a singing session <laughs> because it will monitor your vital signs and things like that and say this is how much exertion you've used. That's 
That's so um, wonderful. To while you've been singing. Um, I have some quotes to finish oh, on today. Oh, yes. Love to hear them. Yeah. Um, so the first one is from writer Dennis Vickers, who said, Karaoke divides humanity into two groups, those who don't want to sing and shouldn't be compelled, and those who do and shouldn't be allowed. <laughs> um, <laughs> um Comedian Ainsling, uh, Ainsling B said, in karaoke, you don't choose the song. The song chooses you. Oh, which I see. Is brilliant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and actor Aaron, Paul, uh, actor Aaron Paul said, and I can definitely agree with this, he said, you feel like you're really part of a movement when you're singing Journey at a karaoke bar. <laughs> ah, that is fantastic. So he's obviously, <laughs> he's obviously sung that same song yeah, that you have, yeah. right? Yeah, it's totally true. It's totally true. I do think that one of the things that gives people confidence and why, you know, people are willing to belt out even if they can't sing very well at a karaoke bar is the alcohol part of it. Yes, that's probably that's probably a big part of it. But I mean, some people go by themselves, right? And we don't want to discredit them or power to you. You do you. That, that's true. That's true. And I also think the reverb effect helps a lot. You know how your voice yeah, always echoes? It does. It sounds a lot it better does. than without. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Well, anyway, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see when the karaoke bars reopen again, if they are as popular as they once were. Yeah. People have missed them that much. Well, in the meantime, people can stay home and rehearse, right? They can, yes. This is a great time for you to be rehearsing. So yeah. when the time comes, you can impress clients, friends and family with your Confidence skills. Confidence. <laughs> okay, Chris. Well, you know, I have to play the song, right? Um, so thank you again for coming on this week and telling us all about karaoke. And I hope you're going to be singing along to this one. I will. I will. I will see you. I will, Karen. Okay. See you, I will. Great. Well, here it is. <laughs> Journey, don't stop believing. <laughs> <laughs> 